Oh, hey, I love that podcast. Oh, thank you. It was my grandmother's. It's manners. Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmammers. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. I uh, liked it. I liked that. You joke. liked that joke? I did. Oh, it's late night here. It's after <laughs> dark. Can you believe it? 10.03 p.m. Woo. Oh, we rarely even see this. Like just the other night, I went to bed at 7 p.m. <laughs> that's the truth. Uh, here we are. Of course, I then woke up at 4.30 in the morning, but that's not what this show's about. Um, we, you know, it's a late night here at... Uh, Shay McElroy. Ooh, did you put your late night voice on? No, this is my just, I'm very tired. Oh, voice. okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess in that respect, yes, that is my late night voice, <laughs> but just, um, say, this is Delilah. Um, oh, Delilah. I used to listen to that radio show. Yeah? Yeah. With lots of, like, sad, lonely hearts and letters to loved ones and requests. Should we just do an all request <laughs> drive time show? Or like, I guess, like, no. What are we no, talking about? No, we're Teresa? talking about heirlooms. Heirlooms. Yes. Now, not tomatoes. Not tomatoes. Ah. Did you, do you have any heirlooms? Is there anything? I mean, I guess our table. Our table. Um, Our table is a uh, 1950s chrome and formica green table. Um, and I really love it. It belonged to my grandmother. Um, and it was the table that my mom and my aunt ate off of for much of their young lives. Um, we also have my grandmother's uh, sewing table. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I have. I was just thinking I have stuff that was like my mom's. We have your mother's pie safe. Yeah, and we also have like a couple things that were like, uh, you know, wood signs and stuff. And mm-hmm. somewhere I have one that was like the nameplate from our house growing up. But like, is it an heirloom if it's only one generation? That doesn't. I don't know. Then it just. I feels mean, like something. okay. So let's go over it. So the term originated in the historical what principle. What a great transition, by the an... way. I think we really nailed that. Hey, it's not as good if you call it. Oh out. no, you're right. Oh, I blew it. Okay, so. So the term originated with the historical principle of an heirloom in English law, okay? Okay. So the thing about an heirloom is it can it's a combination of two words, mm-hmm. okay? Heir meaning your progeny, yeah, right? Like and then loom yeah. which originally meant tool. Oh, okay. And so it's sort of like a loom. I'm sure a loom is a tool. Um and Another word for these kind of objects, as they known as they soon became, is chattel. Um, okay. And what it means? I'm pretty is, sure I've heard that in Shakespeare. Yeah. Talk about like uh, all your goods and chattel. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. it's in Taming of the Shrew, if I remember correctly. That makes perfect sense. Um, so, what it means is, they have to. These are pieces or objects that can be moved or removed from an estate physically, right? So things 
but they are passed down as part of an inheritance that is um, unable to be severed. Does that make sense? So yes. when you when you bequeath an heirloom, uh-huh. in, according to English law, it goes with, quote, the estate, right? So it can't be separated as as an inheritance. So you can't say, well, I'll take the house and you take all the furniture because oh, the okay. furniture is included in the estate. Okay. Do you um, know, uh, speaking of real quick, fun fact I know, uh, what Shakespeare left his wife in his will, his second best bed hmm. to his wife. Just a fun little thing I know. Okay, it's not important. It's late, and I'm tired. Okay, you okay. Were um, but the thing about of a of a heirloom like this, whoever owned it could get rid of it to or give it to whomever they liked while they were alive. It's just something about the statute of English law and the will where they could not be separated after death. Okay. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, That's interesting to me now because it seems like that has changed where now an heirloom is just like stuff you can like give away. You know what I mean? Like it's Well, see, that's, that's the thing. While you live, you can give an heirloom to anybody you like. Uh-huh. Um, but according to this law, when you give it to someone in your will... It can't be, like, not given to them. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um. So, technically, under this definition, an heirloom, no, doesn't have to be more than one generation. It could be from, like, I, like you said, your mother, your family, your home, things like that. Um, but in order for an heirloom to have real significance, it does have to have kind of a story to it. See, or okay, it's just that was a gonna be, thing. That was right? going to be my next question, which is, does an heirloom have to be valuable? But then I guess that that comes into what we think about when we think about value, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. yes, a diamond, but sure. also a piece, like, for example, the wood nameplate from the house we grew up in, like, that's not worth anything. But, like, it's special to me. It's so there's the difference me. between intrinsic value and sentimental value. So those uh-huh. things like coins, uh, silver, gold, jewelry, things like that, um, they have intrinsic value because there is a market set price. Um, sometimes paintings are also included in this and mm-hmm. other collections of things um, because there is a price that a collector would pay. And then there's a sentimental vol- uh, ma- uh, value because like I have some, I have this really old trivet from my grandmother's oh, yeah. table. Um, and it's pretty, it's unremarkable. But I remember sitting at her table seeing that trivet. So even though it doesn't, it's not worth anything, it's worth something to me because I have memories attached to it. And that's really the way that you create an heirloom. Um, And there's some, I I would like to share a few tips about what you should do in order to preserve your heirlooms. First of all, um, if they are fabrics or paintings or clothing or photos um sometimes no sunlight that's right yeah treat treat them like gremlins or mogwai excuse me they're mogwai first <laughs> and then they become gremlins or vampires 
wait a minute, are gremlins vampires? Uh, no, because they don't eat blood, right? I don't know. They probably would eat blood. I don't know then. Okay. Anyway, yeah, no direct sunlight. Um, also, keep them away from moisture. Mm-hmm. Because that leads to rot. Mm-hmm. Sunlight can they can be bleached by the sun and uh, uh, or discolored by the sun, however you want to say it, and the moisture can lead to rot. That's right. Um, so you, if if you want to preserve things like that, you should keep them away. And um, I would suggest and don't feed them after midnight. Don't feed them after midnight. I would also suggest that um, if there's something like like you like I said earlier that trivia trivet from my grandmother's table. Um, when I store it, right now it's on display, I will most likely write a little story to go with it so that whoever, you know, gets it at least has that momentary pause of reading the story. Whether or not they appreciate it, I can't tell. But at least someone will know the story, and I think that that's the biggest part of heirlooms. Mm-hmm. And I also think... Um, if you're going to store stuff like that, you need to store it with some kind of system or like Certainly. clearly more, like this is where this is. Because here's the thing. Labels or pictures or something like that so that right. you can know where it's been. Well, because that's the thing. We can dance around this all we want to. But a lot of the times heirlooms come at when you die. Oh, uh, yes. And so if if you are leaving something for someone, you should have like clear instructions as to where it is and that kind of thing. That said, I will also say, not to jump ahead or be a little maudlin here, but I would much rather give something to someone while I was still alive mm-hmm. and and get to like tell them the story about it and how I feel about it and my thoughts on it and why I'm giving it to them. Definitely. Just that's for me to you. That I'd much rather just like tell my loved one about like, hey, this is why I'm giving this to you. That's yes. why every day I look at BB and go, someday I'll die. And I want you to have this. No. She just looks at me. <laughs> She's two. Eh. So um, a couple of heirlooms uh, art in this article I ran across I thought were very interesting. Um, so you we have talked about the tradition of keeping a slice of your cake mm-hmm. from your wedding uh, to eat. You eat it the next year which should give you, quote, good luck. Um, and probably food poisoning. <laughs> I guess unless you, like, I don't know, probably keep it refrigerated or something. Yeah. Um, there survives a small gilded box from a lush golden anniversary celebration of Joseph and Caroline Choate at Numog in 1911. Ooh. Um, that's and some I, old cake? That's some old cake. Uh, and... It says that it's um, preserved and it's in pretty good shape, but I don't think that you would want to really eat it. No. And didn't For a we... lot of reasons, I would say. Yeah, that's, this is at um, an archive um, in New York City. And uh, we talked about in the Queen Victoria episode or in the wedding episode, which actually has a lot to do with Queen Victoria, too, that there was a small piece of Queen Victoria's wedding cake. It was mm-hmm. a fruit cake. Yes. That has been preserved. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's the thing. It's easy to pass down jewelry, but like a sandwich, <laughs> if you can get a sandwich through like 10 generations. Now we're talking. That's my thing. I got you this egg. <laughs> 
It's 300 years old. Please don't break it for the love of all things holy. So I thought that that was that was a, an interesting take on a family heirloom. Oh, I agree. I mean, there's a lot like paintings, jewelry. I think about those, but there's also we watch a lot of Antiques Roadshow um, because we have two eyes and a heart. <laughs> and um, it's one of my favorite things is like when people bring stuff on. You can always tell the difference on Antiques Roadshow between people who are like collectors who are like, I bought this at a thing. Is it worth something? Mm-hmm. Versus the people who are like, my grandmother gave this to me and told me this story. And sometimes people bring in like their their grandparents or great grandparents or farther back's journals. And I always think that's so, so cool. cool. Because that is both uh, like, you know, like, oh, this has been passed down, but also like, day-to-day life so not only was it held by your great-great-grandfather but you can like read about what their life was like and kind of get a sense of who they are that's a thing that i'm very excited about now in in just the last couple decades in like the last you know since the 80s of like home movies have become a thing that Mm -hmm. everyone has and so like once again not to be too much of a bummer but my mom passed away before bb was born but I have like 30 plus hours, 40 hours of like home movies of like her with us that I can show BB when she's old enough. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have those on VHS, do you? No, I have them on DVD. Okay. I, and I keep like uh, archiving them to the next thing up. So I think I also have a, a digital copy of them. And that's something that I think um, for those home movies or pictures or even even like you said the journals a lot of people don't want to have a lot of stuff lying around Mm -hmm. and I get it I totally get it um but a really great way to keep those memories alive even if you don't keep the physical copies is to take pictures or digital scans or or make digital copies so that that can be preserved in your you know in your family history even if you don't uh, you you have you don't have more room than it takes on a thumb drive. Yeah, and I will also say along those same lines, if you have anything along those lines that are like um, pictures, I mean newspapers, journals, that kind of thing, and and you no longer want to keep them for some reason, or you're looking to to get rid of them, talk to the people at your library or like local history places. Like I know in Huntington, uh, growing up, there was a lot of like. Um, organizations that like were trying to build kind of a a you know not necessarily an encyclopedia but like you know a timeline a like this is what life was like in the town and like based yeah. on pictures not just like books and historical works but like day to day stuff and that way you know like even if you don't see it every day it might be something someone else can enjoy and learn from and experience so museums and archives and that kind of thing is a great a depository for those kinds of things. Absolutely. Hey, we're going to answer some of your questions about heirlooms, but first, how about a thank you note? This week, Schmanners is sponsored in part by Quip. Um, I'm a big fan of Quip, and I will say right now, we are packing to, to head to the uh, Seattle and Portland live shows, and I love my Quip because it is both great to have at home and easy to travel with it comes in its own little like tube carrying case 
And here's the thing. I've had uh, electric toothbrushes before, but they're always so bulky and, like, have, like, charging stations and bases and all this stuff, and I don't ever want to travel with them. But the Clip electric toothbrush is so compact and, like, effective that I now feel weird if I don't have it with me. My teeth just don't feel as clean. And some of the package deals come with a travel-sized toothpaste, too. Yeah. Also, my favorite toothpaste. Mine, too. I'm not just saying this. I really am a big fan of Quip. Um, Quip, I'm going to read some copy here so it won't sound sincere. As sincere as my sincere feelings about Quip, which is that I love it. Quip is the new electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes and packs premium vibrations for a perfect two-minute clean. So basically, it vibrates and then will pulse when it's time to switch to a new section of your mouth. And after two minutes, it cuts off. So it has a built-in timer function so that you know you're brushing your teeth correctly and for the right amount of time. And they deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. And that includes free shipping worldwide. So Before Quip... How often did you replace your toothbrush, Travis? Not nearly enough. Not nearly enough. It was an heirloom. <laughs> uh, Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash schmanners right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash schmanners for your first refill pack free. Schmanners is also sponsored in part by Trinova. Um, and Trinova offers a full line of cleaning products for home and auto, offering specialized products for most surfaces. Products are designed to be super effective with premium non-diluted ingredients, and, a, and it has a great customer service team that's dedicated to helping you have a good experience. Here's the thing. Okay. Uh, they sent us a bunch of really awesome cleaning products, and I have to talk about my fave, which is the multi-surface cleaner. Um, it has done wonders for any kind of um, animal mm -hmm. uh, mess. It also cleans up food mess, grease mess. Um, I have used it on my hardwood floors, and it doesn't dry it out. And here's the thing. It smells so good. Right. It smells like it. I said this before, but it's absolutely true. It smells like an expensive hotel. Mm-hmm. Luxurious. Um, so I highly recommend that you visit their custom landing page. Go, go com slash schmanners. G-O-T-R-I-N-O-V-A dot com slash schmanners. And you can use your promo code of, sh of manner. 20 so that's m-a-n-n-e-r two zero to get 20 percent off of your first trinova products we're also sponsored this week by squarespace uh squarespace oh i can't say enough i love squarespace it's the home of buttercup is a very good girl.com which is my favorite website it's a website dedicated to our dog buttercup and what a very good girl she is you can see lots of pictures there and it's great there's even a game that somebody made for us so go check it out if you haven't yet <laughs> but i built it on squarespace i listen squarespace is easy to use you don't have to know anything about coding i don't i don't know anything about building websites and i can still make wonderful websites on squarespace you can use it to showcase your work, start a blog, publish content, sell products and services. They have uh, e-commerce functionality so that you can like create a store and sell things through your Squarespace. The templates are beautiful and customizable. I will and say, mobile ready. I can mobile even ready. look on my uh, my phone and look at 
buttercupisaverygoodgirl.com. I have yet to encounter anything that I want to do with a website that I haven't been able to do with Squarespace. It's a really, truly incredible. And if I find something I'm not able to do, there's 24-7 award-winning customer service. Not to mention, you can find like tutorials and videos and stuff all over the place on YouTube and I don't know, Google, wherever people find things on the internet. So go to squarespace.com slash schmanners for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code schmanners to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Pop Record Panel, we have just 30 seconds to prove to Max Fund listeners that we know what the F we're talking about when it comes to pop culture. All right, you guys, let's go. Famous Chris's. Walk-in. Christofferson. Hemsworth. Karen, what's the most iconic lesbian snack? The wings at Hooters. The answer is fried green tomatoes. Margaret, what is the Marvel Cinematic Universe missing? My interest. Winter, name someone who will EGOT in your lifetime. Ike Barinholtz. That's beautiful. Top gear or top model? Sadly, I have to say top gear. The clear answer is top chef. But top model taught us about smizing. Pop Rocket, smart takes on everything. Catch us every Friday on Maximum Fun. Welcome, everyone, to the live wrestling spectacular in Los Angeles. So far, the world's most boring wrestling podcast has been destroying the competition. Isn't there anyone who can save us from this travesty? Wait, could it be? It's Tights and Fights, the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Fights is here to save us from the monotony of boring wrestling podcasts with hilarious conversations. Woke trips through the history of wrestling. And joke about the finer points of people wearing spandex. What a match! And the Tights and Fights podcast will be back every week. Thursdays on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Please, these hosts have families. Tights and Fights podcast. Tights and Fights. Okay, we have some questions here. Sure. This is from at Squidius. How do you get rid of an heirloom, stop the tradition, without offending older family members? There's this one really ugly necklace that's been passed down for generations that I've watched my mother be shamed into wearing at family events, and I want to avoid that fate. Hmm. Well, I think that I think that the thing you have to think about is what's the fight you're willing to have? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're willing to have the fight of... I want someone who will appreciate it to have it. Um, I think that that might work if you can find like a buyer. If you can find someone who really will appreciate it instead of just, you know, donating it to a, a thrift store or whatever. Um, or it's possible that there is someone in your family who would want it. Exactly. You know, maybe a cousin or like. I don't know, an aunt or an uncle or a niece or not, like somebody. And then so it wouldn't be a directly passed to you. But if you know someone in the family who would want it, because here's the other thing. I don't think anybody should be shamed into wearing something they don't want to wear or anything along those lines. But I will say that the thing about an heirloom that is an important factor to remember, at least I think what it sounds like the way that these people are, are treating it, is that it has the deeper context of, and and so, and it will continue down, right? All right. So the idea of like you might not want it, but in like three or four generations, like your grandkid, great great grandkids 
might be super excited that there's this necklace that's still in the family. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. so maybe you can say, like, I will accept this and I will take care of it and I will protect it and pass it on. But it is not something that I want to wear. Um, my other suggestion is, is there a way that maybe you could display this necklace, mm. preserving it, and then what you do is you tell your family that you you proudly have it on display somewhere, and uh, you would rather showcase it there than around your neck. Well, so this goes into the next question, which is from Cheyenne. If you are given something wearable, such as a precious ring or necklace, do you wear it and risk losing slash damaging it? Or just tuck it away in a very ornate box to keep on your bookshelf. Which, to jump back, Squidius, might be a very good workaround of like, listen, at this point, oh, I'm so clumsy. I'm so worried I'd lose it or hurt it. So instead, here it is in this like, you know, shadow box, box on a or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think... When you, when you have those sorts of things that are... are um, what am I supposed... Fragile. Um, I think that you could wear them on a special occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, again, one of the really great ways to enjoy a family heirloom is to look at it. So why not find some sort of lovely display instead of a closed box? Um, jewelry is one of the things that doesn't really seem to, um, deteriorate by sunlight. Um, in fact, oh, that sparkle, that sparkle, um, silver actually is better kept if it is worn or used. Um, so I think that if you're worried about these things, um, breaking, then, then find another way to appreciate it. And also, um, this isn't really heirloom specific, but if you are given a fancy piece of jewelry um, that is specifically valuable, get insurance on it. Yes. Insure your jewelry. It's just great. A lot of times you can get it like through home insurance. They will extend it to cover specific things that are in the home. Uh, but like get your get your jewelry uh, insured. Um, let's see. This next one. Uh, this is from Warrior Cat. Um, my grandpa left me an antique desk before he died, but I don't really have any room for it. Is it disrespectful to sell it? It's worth a bit of money, but I'm afraid my mother, aunt, and uncle will be offended if I sell it. Well, maybe ask them if they would like to house it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good way to get it out of your, your possession um, and not not upset anyone. I will also say, though, um, in general, if you ask somebody, like, hold on to furniture for you or whatever, I, I I would say it's much better to give it to them. Oh, yeah. Or not rely on that forever. Like, if you're not planning to stay in the place you're living and you might move soon to get more space or whatever, I would be fine saying, like, hey, could you store this for me? Um, but, yeah, I think if, if that's the case, I think you can talk to them and say, like, hey, this isn't about me not wanting it. I don't have anywhere to put it. Like, right. There, th- I think that is a very reasonable and very logical uh, point to be made of just like, I don't know what to do with this. And again, there are other ways um, to, to enjoy something uh, without having it physically. You can 
take pictures. You can have it have it like painted or maybe take a small. You mean like make a painting? Of yes, it. I'm Not sorry. Like paint. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, make a painting of it, um, or even take a small unobtrusive sampling from it. I will also say that this is another thing. A lot of the time, especially if it is like an antique, beautiful, ornate desk, a lot of you can like put stuff on loan to a museum and like you don't have to give it to them but like some museums if you went and they have like a furniture section or whatever you might be able to say like hey would you like to display this desk here's like the paperwork behind it and here's why it's special and blah 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 that's a great idea and eventually you could reclaim it i don't know how those things work but i bet that's a thing you could do i think it is um this is from meeg pie musings um, is there a polite way to ask for a trinket that has significant meaning when a person passes away? This is a good question because I was thinking about this earlier. Is there a way to say to someone like, hey, when you die, can I have this? That isn't maudlin or weird. Well, I have said that to both my mother and father. That is fair. And I've said it to, I, don't, <laughs> I say it to people on the street. Um, but I think there's something to be said about asking for what you want mm-hmm. and saying like, I want you to know that this, you know, this chair or this table or this piece of jewelry or whatever is very, I have like strong memories associated with it. And it would really mean a lot to me if this is something that I could have. Maybe say something more along the lines of like when you're ready to like pass it on or like if, you know. If, right. Maybe not mention death. Yeah. Maybe not say like, hey, when you kicked it, I really <laughs> want it this painting but just say like i want you to know like i have really fond memories of coming to your house and like using this tea kettle it doesn't have to be an expensive thing and saying like i would really love it if if you know at some point you would trust me or if this is something you would feel comfortable passing on to me that sounds great dear but i think that it is very important to have that conversation rather than just trust like they know how important that was to me like they might not and hey you don't want your cousin Sheila. She Sheila's gonna say something, and then <laughs> Sheila's gonna get the tea kettle. And where will you be then without a tea kettle? That's for sure. I'm very grateful to my mother and my aunt, who, when um, my grandmother passed, invited us back to her home um, before they they parceled things and sold them uh, to pick out some of the things that were really, you know not worth anything to anybody but us but matter to you yeah um this question is from cat how long do you have to keep an heirloom before you can get rid of it mm. and i don't know if you mean uh like get rid of it get rid of it or pass on we've talked a little bit about get rid of it but i do think that there's something to be said like if somebody passes something to you and it's one of those like single generation heirloom without a lot of family momentum behind it Mm -hmm. and it's like okay well i really appreciate this but it's in really bad shape now like a chair or like a blanket or something along those lines that's up to you i think we've talked about like but if it's something where it's like six generations have passed this necklace down that's different but I also think if you're saying before you can get rid of it, like pass it on to the next person whenever you want. I think as soon as the next like generation is kind of settled where they're going to be, that's the time to do it. Because if you if you give it to the next generation, uh, maybe if they are in high school or they're in college, like they're still kind of transient. Yeah. 
not really with any roots. So it may get lost. It may disappear. may not end up with who you want it to end up with. Um, so I think once you have an heirloom that you are ready to pass, pass it to someone who um, has settled a little bit. Uh, this is from Silly Soul. How do you start heirlooms? And I think that this is kind hmm. of two different things, right? Because it's one thing, like if I bought a very expensive, nice painting, right? Then that is already an heirloom because it's like, okay, cool. I have this thing. I'm going to pass it on. This is part of my estate. Right. we were talking about earlier. And so I think like pieces of jewelry, um, you know, are things of value like that kind of inherently, if they're going to be desired by somebody after you die, boom, it's an heirloom. As I always say, my little fun catchphrase, <laughs> boom, it's an heirloom. Um, but I think the other side of that is if it's more of the sentimental value, I think that comes from something being connected, right? It, right, like, the story, as they would say on um, Antiques Roadshow, the provenance. Yes. So the story and never behind clean it, off the patina. That's this right. is so important. Listen, if there's one thing you take away from this whole episode, <laughs> never clean off the patina. There was one episode of Antiques Roadshow, I think it was like an old, it was either an old like saber or like an old rifle or something, and he had polished it to just bring to it, bring it to, to the bring show. It to the show, and they were like, "And you polish this?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Okay, if you hadn't polished it, <laughs> it would be worth like fifteen thousand dollars." But since you polished it, it's about five hundred. And oh my god, oh, the pain, man. the haunted look in that person's eyes. Um, yeah. But I think if the case is like this is a thing that's not worth money, but it's special, I don't think that that's something you can just like start. You know, I think that has to be the, the, but the I think receive that E, receiver. Can, hmm? Yes. Yeah. You can plant those seeds, though. If you have something that is very special to you, um, that you acquired through a special circumstance, maybe like a, a trip to a far off country or um, something like, um, like an autograph book or something like that I think that what you have to do is you have to plant the seed of the story of how you got it or mm -hmm. why it's important or who these people are um, and the more that you tell people in your family this story the more important it will become to them so that's I think how you make these family heirlooms so that's going to do it for us thank you so much for joining us real quick I want to tell y'all coming up October 6th we are going to be doing, uh, well, a show of sorts. In, in We are going to be doing a show. Yeah, New York Comic Con. We are doing a bit of schmanners, as I also say. My other favorite catchphrase, <laughs> a bit of schmanners. But this is a schmanners slash Travis and Friends show. And listen to these people. This lineup is incredible. We've got Janet Varney, Jamie Cordero, Ben Blacker, Jean Grey, Quelly Chris, Holly Conrad, Jonathan Golden, The Double Clicks, Brent Black, Samus the Rapper, Courtney Inlow, Pat Rothfuss, Paul and Storm, Lucky Yates, Miles Luna, Amy Dallin, Clint McElroy. We got him. <laughs> and me and Teresa. And I'm very excited. It's going to be a super fun show. People doing all kinds of things. Some music, some chat show stuff. I don't know. It's going to be full of things. We're going to be doing a little, a bit of schmanners, as I said. And you can come to that show. Uh, if you buy a ticket. You have to buy a ticket, yes. 
Uh, it's during NYCC, but you don't need a New York Comic Con badge to attend, but you do need a ticket. A New York Comic Con badge won't get you in. So if you go to bit.ly slash McElroy NYCC, you can get your tickets. I'm so excited for the show. I can't wait to see you there. Go get your tickets now. What are you waiting for? Thank you to MaximumFun.org. Um, you can go to Maximum Fun and check out all their other amazing shows, of which there are uh, countless at this point, infinite number of amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. Maybe not quite infinite. Uh, infinite minus one. Okay, deal. And the Sawbones book is coming out. I cannot wait. It's coming out so very, very soon. You can pre-order it on Amazon or just like Google Sawbones the book and find it somewhere. It's by Justin and Sydney and with illustrations by Sydney's sister Taylor Smurl. It is incredible. You should check it out. They've been working so hard on it. I'm very, very proud of them. And you should get the book and support them. In fact, get 10. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else, Teresa? Well, hey, uh, thank you to Brent, Brental Floss Black, for our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Uh, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. Thank you to Keely Weiss Photography for our Facebook banner uh, for the fan run Facebook group that you should join called Schmanners Fanners. I am always looking for topics. You can submit them there. You can also tweet at us at SchmannersCast or... Or you can send us an email, schmannerscast at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You're listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.